All right, guys, if you're listening to this show, you're probably like me. You're on the go, you're running around, and you might hit a workout and have no food on you, right? You hit your workout at the box, you hit it in your garage, and you need to get some nutrition in because we're working hard to grow those muscles. I have Alex Witt, founder of Battle Bars, my favorite protein bar, and I wanted to just talk to you real briefly about how you got started with Battle Bars. Yeah, so uh, thanks, Jason. I was, uh, I was a customer first. Uh, of the product. I actually, uh, I was in a different business and <clears throat> looking to do my next venture. And, you know, being an ex-military guy, I ordered, uh, I look, saw the, uh, a little ad on Facebook, ordered the product uh, and bit into it and was like, whoa, 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 this, this isn't right. There's nothing that tastes this good and has no artificial like bullshit in it, right? Like, like there's no, it just doesn't work that way. So I ordered another box to make sure that maybe I got like a weird batch or something. No, they were all just as good. There was only like two flavors at the time. So we started chatting and <clears throat> you know, uh, we all had like something in common. You know, I'm an Iraq war vet. My partner's uh, Afghanistan Syrian war vet. Uh, him and his brother started the company. Uh, his brother's a big uh, marketing guy uh, in the civilian world, but uh, started it basically because there's nothing, there is no other protein bar or nutrition bar out there. And it's like everything you eat has this chalky aftertaste where it's like the best of the worst that you eat. So, you know, being in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, all the bars they give you are just like your basics, like your cliff bars, which, you know, they don't taste terrible. But at the end of the day, it's like it's not giving me the macros I need, the protein content that I need for the training that I need. Right. And not giving me the energy truly that I need in a good macro mix. So. We, dude, we solved and cracked that code. And I think that you see that and you use it for uh, your training, right? And I eat one for breakfast every morning before I was the CEO and, and definitely right now. I, I gotta be honest, I save mine for dessert oftentimes because that's what it's like. I feel like I'm getting dessert, but I'm not getting you know the, the junk, the sugar associated with something sweet and delicious. It's, it's got phenomenal macros, like you said too. I mean, it's really got the ideal macro breakdown for post-workout, most of your bars in the 30 or so gram of carbs and 20 to 30 gram of protein with minimal fat. And I'll tell you, to me, they taste like a Rice Krispie treat. Yeah. They, they, taste, they got the texture of a Rice Krispie treat. They taste like one. They got great macro breakdown. And what really sold me is, I've spoken to you about this before, I'm not a fan of fruity protein bars. Yeah. I don't like the, the blueberries and the strawberries of the world, but man, your blue Falcon bar is delicious. Yeah, dude, I, it's dangerous. Like I, I'm, I'm eating all of our profits because that's all I do is like eat these things on the regular man. And our strawberry bar that we launch, it's, uh, it's in stock now, you can get, you can get it. But uh, if we sent you a strawberry one yet, have you gotten in one yet? You, you, yeah, I'll tell you what, you sent me an entire box of strawberry and I asked for no strawberry before that. I don't know if you remember, I said, I said, please don't send me strawberry because I don't like those. and. I've ate them all. They're delicious. They're 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 probably better than the blue. I gotta be honest. So my my favorite is peanut butter. I think that's your K bar. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it. I mean it's it's like taking a Rice Krispie treat, dipping it in a jar of peanut butter, and eating <laughs> it. So you you really can't go wrong with any of the Battle Bar flavors. But but those are just some of my favorites. So I just wanted to you know have you on, introduce you to the audience, let them know they should check out battlebars.com they can use the code jason that's j-a-s-o-n for 10 percent off their order and and the cool thing is you're supporting veterans 
Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's really the goal behind this, right? It's like, we knew like anyone can come up with a good product, an innovative product. And we have definitely done that. We have a product that's superior to the rest out there, <clears throat> but not everyone has a cool mission behind it. And like, that's like what wakes us up every morning. That's what uh, we think about going to bed. It's like making a difference in people's lives that we know uh, that, that we know need it, you know, Operation Enduring Warrior. I don't know if you've had a chance to follow them, but these guys are taking men and women who have served our country uh, completely selflessly and uh, are, are changing their lives and making them feel like they're part of a community again. So you, you, you can't ignore that. So every time that uh, anyone purchases a bar, uh, it uh, empowers us to empower them. So it's it's dead on, man. You're dead on with a Rice Krispie Treat uh, uh, analogy, but I, I can't, uh, I don't know if I can officially market it that way, but I would if I could, but that was our goal with it. It was like, what does everyone love? I'm like everyone loves a Rice Krispie Treat. Who doesn't love Rice Krispie Treat? It's almost like nostalgic, brings you back to like your day when you're a kid. And, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty awesome. And we have some big, uh, some big stuff uh, on the horizon that I think you guys are all gonna love. Well, I look forward to that. I enjoy the bar. I enjoy supporting a great cause and you guys are doing great things. Thanks again for spreading the word again. Check out battlebars.com and you can use the code Jason for 10% off. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate all you do, man. Good stuff. All right. On a recent episode, we had Pat Cummings on. We talked about his questions that he had for new CrossFit CEO, Eric Rosa. He had 20 questions laid out. You heard that Fern and I Asked them, what did we ask? Maybe three or four. We had a deep discussion on them. I think we got to five, but that's because there's, there's quite a few in there that have a decent amount of overlap, so you can kind of bunch them together. Well, we're going to continue on that path. Obviously, we have Todd on the show as well today, who will offer minimal to no uh, input on this, but we have mine. <laughs> Enough invaluable, that's for sure. That's hey, Todd, a, a lot of people were worried about you after the COVID episode. Uh, uh, no, man, that's breaking news, dude. Everybody was fired up. I How was many not. people? <laughs> a handful of people reached out just to check yep. in, I guess. It's like I'm a a, a, a circus freak. I, it's <laughs> like you start you start as the circus Send me a picture. <laughs> circus sideshow, you're the first person to know that I know that got it. And then like a day or two later, then I'm the resource. Okay. I just tested positive. What do I expect? So it's an interesting dynamic when you've, uh, when you've had this thing. You're like a COVID but, coach. Yeah. Yeah. I got you now. <laughs> I'm going to have some COVID programming out. You guys can sign up for 20 bucks a month. Lay in bed for 18 hours and watch read, <laughs> Harry Potter. Read, read Harry Potter. I'm on Jurassic park. Now that one's pretty good too. Oh, I've read Jurassic park back. Who's that? Uh, What's the guy's name who wrote those books? I can't think of the top of my head. Oh, Michael Crichton. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. He he wrote another one that's really good. I think it was called Rising Sun. And that became a movie? Yeah, with with, uh, Sean uh, Sean Connery Connery and... Wesley Snipes. That's right, Wesley Snipes. Yep. I'm uh, looking at me today. I'm just on top of things. I think it's the carnivore diet. My brain is very clear. So clear that I'm debating not being on this podcast anymore for the first time after talking with Fern. Well, it's, e- it's, it's either that or you have nothing to do and you've been watching a lot of movies. So I have, I've almost, I got the end. Of you've the almost, end. you've almost completed Netflix. Whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I've it's almost like finished finding, It's Marvel. like finding the end of, it's like finding the end of the internet. He's <laughs> yeah, like, no, I no. found it. It's it. No, I got to finish Endgame tonight with Roz and then Spider-Man and then I'm done with Marvel movies. Don't don't spoil it. This is why 
this is what everybody dies. This is why, um, <laughs> this is why I roll my eyes when you send me a text about you being busy. <laughs> well, you know, and then you're and, like, Oh, I've watched 14 hours of Marvel movies. Oh, this no, week. And I'm like, like, oh, I was God, busy. Right. I was busy. But I was busy. Movies. Yeah. I was, I was busy. busy watching watching those movies. Movies. More like 60 hours, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. To my point. You you have the you have the Instagram post pulled up. Um, what's Patrick's Instagram handle again? Just so we can give people a place to check him out. P.S. Cummings. Uh, P.S. Cummings. Yeah, with two M's. Um, yeah, there's uh there's twenty questions, and he has a series of posts on there. But the the one we talked to, to him about was this one with twenty questions, and I was reading through again because there's two more on here. So number fifteen, and then number nineteen. Uh, there's a little bit of overlap there. So, and I think it's, uh, I think just, again, a good thought experiment at one time, CrossFit was a disruptor brand. Is it still, if so, what does that mean for the, for what comes next? If not, what needs to happen not to become disrupted in the future, which then leads to 19 CrossFit HQ grew in large part because of an eagerness to fight against the status quo. The result is that it pissed off a lot of people in the process, uh, often intentionally, Will this posture continue, or do you imagine softening the brand to make it more palatable for uh, two more people? Yeah, I think there's, like you mentioned, it's, I wouldn't say they're redundant, but there's a lot of overlap in those questions. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, basically, are you going mainstream would be like an easy way to sum that up. What, Todd, what would you classify a disruptor business or a disruptive business? Like what does a business have to do or be to be considered disruptive? Well, I think what he's getting to is it like CrossFit came in and flipped the fitness industry on its head, right? Saying that everything that you have been doing doesn't work and this is the new way to do it. And at the beginning, there was a lot of people that, that, that didn't believe that that was the case. And at this point, I think that, I think he's spot on, you know, stating that. And I, I don't think that anybody that was, has done CrossFit for a while um, would argue that point, that they came in and disrupted the entire fitness industry. I mean, look at all the different facets of fitness that CrossFit kind of brought under one umbrella told us that um, – the way we were doing that version of fitness was wrong. Olympic lifting, there's no way you can do more than one to three reps and, you know, rest in between or whatever. It's never going to work. And now we've got people that are CrossFit Games athletes at the Olympics, right? Um, and, and pairing everything together. But the question on are we going mainstream, I think that transition has already been made in the sense of, like, you look at the CrossFit Health Initiative – and trying to make this mainstream. It's like the message has been less of the elite, which it was early on, and now it's more of the, hey, this is for my parents, this is for our grandparents, this is for the people who have never exercised, you know, off the carbs, off the couch. Like, I think it has gone mainstream, um, and I think it has disrupted the fitness industry so much that every single, like, Globo gym has a quote-unquote functional fitness area that has bumper plates and kettlebells and pull-up bars and to what we know as a CrossFit space. And there's all these other spinoffs in the fitness world that are taking some version of CrossFit, whether it's F45 or Orange Theory or whatever it is that takes to some degree, some of the intensity and the functional movements and 
and that kind of stuff. So I think it's, it's disrupted to the point to where it's now there's really not a lot to disrupt in the fitness sense. Um, and so now it has already transitioned to be mainstream. And I think now it's just continuing to, to communicate that message. Hey, we're, this is the way to do things. People have bought in, it's been proven. Now we just need more people doing it. I, th- I agree with you. I think, I think actually there's two different scenarios there. So I think it was a disruptor. I think there's still a lot of room to be a disruptor. In, is it, do you think in the fitness sense or in the, like, I, I see if there's any disruption, it's more so in the nutrition side of things. Nutrition, right? That's a big one that they've yet to dip their toe in. But even well, then, uh, I guess it's, it's kind of like how you, uh, how you would define disruptor. So disruptor, you know, like some, some pretty easy examples would be Uber disrupts the whole taxi cab service. Netflix disrupts the whole rent movies thing, right? So first it was Redbox and then Netflix. And they're just like, no, you don't need to go anywhere. You're just streaming it, everything. Um, so they were a disruptor in the sense that, hey, there's, there's more effective ways to do this. So we're going to break that model of, of the traditional gym setting. We're going to break the ideology around traditional fitness and we're going to do that. But there's still a lot of opportunity to be disruptive, not only in the nutrition, but then I guess you would more in the digital space, there's a lot of disruption to be had there. So Peloton largely owns the digital space. But in my personal opinion, that's because I think CrossFit isn't playing yet. I think the second they start playing, they start to pull a lot of that away from Mirror and from those these other companies. Um, but I think the problem was they were a disruptor and then they left themselves vulnerable in a sense to be disrupted because it got stagnant and the direction and the vision of the business changed. So other people started stealing the idea because like you already mentioned, everybody's doing it. Everybody has ripped it off in some way, shape or form. Like nobody was doing that kind of stuff before CrossFit and however people feel about it, it is what it is, but it's happening, you know? So that is a strategic error. Uh, for the company that could be corrected because of the brand awareness that it, that it has that nobody's really can take away at this point. I, you know, have we done enough though to disrupt the fitness industry? I think we, what it's completely changed. Well, so like fitness, yes, not, I think this is where, health is the, I think where you're going. Right. So like fitness. Yeah. Like I think everybody understands it. Like, all right, that shit works and people want to do it. I don't know. That's, that's my point though. No, I don't think that. Like, I think we're so in a bubble, like still, I mean, I would venture to say as many as 95% of people that exercise do something other than CrossFit at global gyms. But that's awareness. Right. But does, but does what they're doing take some of the things that CrossFit introduced, right? Some, but I think you guys haven't been to Globo gyms lately. Like there's still people doing, (laughs) oh, that's true. But you know, there are nine out of 10 people are still doing chest and tries, back and buys, cardio. And with, let me yeah, and, and again, I, I think, think I, I, again, I think it's because of awareness. Yeah, they definitely disrupted, but I think it's awareness, right? They haven't been put, and this is a, a lot of what Patrick talked about yesterday was they haven't, I, they haven't put enough eyeballs on it and then communicated it properly, which is why people haven't done it. So I think people are disrupted 
it's a thing, but they're just like, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to do that for any host of reasons. It doesn't matter. Input whatever reason you want. Yeah. And I, I guess it's my, my, my thing isn't that I'm not saying that everybody in the world's doing CrossFit, but I like from my experience, most of those globo gyms, even if you've got people doing back and buys and chest and tries and cardio in the corner, there's people over there doing kettlebell swings and box jumps because there's a functional fitness area. So I'm saying it's disrupted because 10 to 12 years ago, that corner wasn't even there. That wasn't even an option to have bumper plates and do Olympic lifts or any of that stuff in there. So it's disrupted it enough to change maybe not the model of that, that, that gym or fitness, but it's, that's they have to there. accommodate it. They have to accommodate. I mean, and we see that in the hotel gyms that we go to. Like when we started traveling for CrossFit, how often was there a kettlebell in the gym, like the hotel gym? Next to never. Yeah, and now how often, how often are they not there next to never? Right. So like, I think that in that sense, it's disrupted it. Now, is there a ton of opportunity to get more people doing this? Well, absolutely. But it's, it's changed the thought process. And I know even for myself, and I'll mention, I've mentioned this a lot, like everything that I learned from fitness up until I got into CrossFit came from men's health magazine. I had a subscription for who knows how long, 10 years, I feel like. You have so Maxim also? Ch- you have a Maxim magazine? N- n- no, I def- no Maxim. I definitely had Maxim. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You still had it in your bedroom, didn't you, in a new place? Didn't you hang up some of those posters from Maxim? Um, Maxim magazine was always like my favorite to take on like an airplane. Just entertaining. Yeah. Oh, geez. But, so you look like but a like, weirdo? <laughs> but when you read that, the stuff that was in men's health was n- not what it is now, right? It was all directed towards the back and buy and all that stuff and True. the whole grains and all this. And if you get a magazine now, men's health magazine now, what are you going to see in there? Yeah, well, you'll see. I mean, at, look, it, Matt Frazier's been in there, right? Yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. And you look at the workouts <laughs> that they post in there. Now it's it's functional movements and there's intensity. So in that sense, it's like, you know, 12 years ago, that stuff would not be in those magazines. And now that's what makes up those magazines. So in my opinion, it's been disrupted. There's still, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to to see when, so on that note, when did the term functional fitness start to become a mainstay? Definitely wasn't before CrossFit. No, I agree. I think it was, I think it was like, okay, these, I would venture to say it was like these companies and gyms and businesses that are like, okay, this CrossFit thing is working. It's better than what we have, but we don't want to attribute it to CrossFit. Let's call it something else. Yeah, I think it was and a response called functional to that. Movement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, we can't call it CrossFit. Well, depending on what we're doing with that term, right? Right. Um, but, but, you, but you said something earlier, Fern. You kept saying the word awareness. Don't those go hand in hand? Like you can't disrupt what? Uber, Uber doesn't disrupt the world if no one's downloading the app, even though it might be the, the next best thing for, you know, travel. So you kept well, saying, like, I think it's just awareness. I think it's just awareness. But, yeah, isn't that – isn't that the, – Well, not necessarily because disruption, disruption just means I would force you to change what you're doing. It, like, it just gives a different aware, option. Yeah. Regardless it gives you a different of awareness of it, you, have, you, you need to adjust based on what I'm providing. Right. So like nobody really knew like uh, um, about like Uber or Magic Cab, which is what preceded that. But but you don't think the taxi and all that we're trying to figure out like, oh, shit, this is going to be a problem. Like we have to adjust what we're doing. And eventually it 
uh, that mass awareness comes after people are forced to shift. Generally, if you look at a lot of the uh, companies that are big disruptors, because once so, everybody has the app of Uber, now it's you're not disrupting anymore. That's no, that's you the own industry. the space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the industry now, right? So, so we were saying by definition, disrupting basically causes a pivot. Or, or at least yeah, it, fair. It, it has an alternative, right? It, it, it highlights an alternative way. So I need, I need to consider, I need to consider changing my business. It's disrupted, like how I think about it, what I offer and all that stuff, which is exactly what they all had to do. So let's, let's assume like the three of us are on the same page and CrossFit was obviously a disruptor in the fitness industry. I think the second part of Patrick's question is, do we continue doing that? Basically, you know, do we continue going against the grain or do we try to become mainstream? I think you do. I just think you do it differently. I, I don't think you do it by sticking your finger in everybody's eye, but you continue to disrupt just by being authoritative, by delivering and proving people wrong. But without, without, you know, that was, that's all I've been people with, with coaches that he wanted to fight with people and would love to say, I told you so at the end of that, you know, so it's credit. Like he was right most of the time, but you know, it's, uh, that person who like would beat your ass in some sport and then talk shit about it afterwards. I'm like, you did it, bro. You got me. You didn't need to tell me about it afterwards. You know? Yeah. I, I think I just, that was always, sorry. That was always coach Glassman's MO where it's like, I'm going to disrupt by being, in your face and antagonistic and like you said pokey in the eye and, and i think that it's like anything like you need that polarizing figure at least to break through but now yeah now we're at that point where we don't need that polarizing figure and in fact it takes someone like we spoke about on the episode like eric who's got this bigger dream who's done it before who doesn't need to be you know in your face but just doing the right things. What were we going to say, Todd? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking through it. It's like we've disrupted, like we as in CrossFit, CrossFit has disrupted the industry. I, I just think the value comes in now is to just continue to, to put the awareness out and get more people doing it. So how more do we do that involved. without being in your face? Well, I think there's a difference between being in your face and being awareness, like being in your face, it, it kind of exudes this aggressiveness where awareness is a lot more of like Peloton. They have commercials on mainstream yeah, networks, you know, it's marketing. It's that's digital marketing. It's just awareness putting, Oh, it's a thing. Let me check that out. Like that kind of looks cool. Oh, I can do some of that stuff. That's an 85 year old woman. Oh, that lady's pregnant. Like that kind of stuff. That's not just be like, Hey, if you don't do CrossFit, you're a, you know, yeah, I, I, that's what, and that's, you know, that's the thing that, that gets me excited is, you know, I, with the background that he has, the opportunity to market this, this product, CrossFit, um, you, you get excited about, about the, the possibilities there, because I don't know that we've tapped the surface as far as marketing goes, especially from the HQ oh, side of things. No. And so how do we communicate, how do we continue to communicate and, and spread the word as uh, a directed message from headquarters and then all of us affiliates doing our part to parlay that message in our local communities. And um, I think that's just going to continue to 
to grow the brand overall, right? I mean, we, so again, use the, use the Uber analogy where they, you know, they got into some pissing contests with some of the cab companies, right? Because I think to some degree, some of that is unavoidable because you're taking market share from another industry. But realistically, why did people start using Uber? It was cheaper, easier, more, con- more convenient. More effective, right? Yeah. So why, why would you not continue to be a disruptor if what you have is more effective like it would be foolish not to because it's so easy because what you have is superior i don't think i guess that would be then is uber still a disruptor or are they the are they the way to go now in the you know taxi industry like i don't think they're a disruptor anymore i think they've taken over well Well, they have now Right, and they've and they've continued to disrupt with things like Uber Eats. You look at that, like they pivot and transition to different areas where they they've got a you know competitive different advantage. Yeah. yeah, different service, but still a competitive advantage based on their core business, right? Um, and so maybe there's some opportunities there potentially, but um, I don't. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think it matters as much. We don't have to disrupt and prove people wrong anymore. We've been, we CrossFit has, has done a good job of proving right. Yeah. Now we deliver and we deliver by executing the product that we, we know we are, right? Because there's still people out there potentially that thinks that CrossFit's dangerous or that certain gyms aren't, you know, qualified to be an affiliate or whatever you want to call it. And so how do we continue or how do we deliver is continue to, to, to bring up the quality of our coaches, which I think CrossFit does a good job with, but can, can continue to work towards, continue to spread the message and get more people in the door. The more people that are in the door, the more results that are going to be proven, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think... I, that's good. No, no, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, ultimately, the, the goal is to prove that your product is superior you know and we we do do you think crossfit has done that yet like really like the three of us understand the listeners understand intensity results etc but i don't i don't think there's any question about it is superior i think the question now lies is there's a there is a the message has been lost in translation about like how to do it who it's for and that realistically, we all know that it's everybody can do it, but it's not for everybody. And changing that mindset so that people look at it a little bit more like, I don't know, any one of those other um, fitness brands that people are not super scared to go into because messaging and how it was portrayed was a little bit better. So, yeah, I think that I don't think there's any question about like whether it's superior. I think it's about the communication of like what the actual benefit of doing and living this lifestyle are because everybody just associates it with like hardcore fitness, the games when we all know that's none of that's what actually happens in the affiliates every day. And, and, and not a, like I did, I don't agree that everybody associates it with that. I, I, there's different people associate it with different things. Right. So more messaging i don't even know that it needs to be perfectly consistent messaging because like you already said is it's for anybody now it might not be for everybody right because it might not be the right flavor for you 
So if it's for anybody, the messaging has to change a little bit, right? You've got to have a, a couple different layers to the message mm -hmm. because if I'm trying to com communicate and market to my mom to come into the gym and I'm also trying to communicate to a, you know, an 18 year old kid that saw the games on TV and, and potentially wants to try to make this their sport, the message is going to be a little bit different. Um, and so figuring out how to bridge the gap, how can we communicate this in a way that this is something that it's the same program and it's going to work for both of that and both of that demographic. Um, so I think that that part of it will be a little bit interesting and continue to be so. But to this point, I just don't know that there's been a lot of, a lot of continuity in, in message, messaging in general. Um, and so. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we talked about with Pat yesterday. I was going to say that, yeah. more so on the affiliate level, but, but certainly, you know, where we spoke about, you know, you you really have to be going after a specific demographic. You know, we reference a lot of like 65 year olds and the messaging needs to be uh, clearly geared towards them where the overall message of CrossFit has to be anyone can do this if we're really going to take over. And I think there's, I think there's uh, fault to be, to be had for both parties. Right. So HQ, as far as like their dissemination of, of, how to do that, like how to message properly and the affiliates for not taking ownership of it because they expected CrossFit to do it. Right. So like, does it matter? Not really, but it's just like if we both come to the conclusion that, Hey, like both sides of that should do and could do better then that's really, I think should be the end of the discussion. Now let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. So, so let's wrap this up with this question. Could we have achieved what we have? Could, would we be here right now if Glassman wasn't as polarizing as he is? I don't think so. No way. Like if he hadn't come in and flipped everything upside down and, and not been afraid to tell people that they're wrong and then been able to prove that he's right and that they are wrong, we would have never gotten here, right? Because look at how many people, once again, like I mentioned at the beginning, told, told him that the way that we're choosing to do this is wrong and tried to try to prove it to you. And he pretty much proved it the opposite, right? Or we did as athletes and affiliates. Um, but had he not been willing to step up and battle that take, take on that battle, I don't think we'd all be here. So off topic, but still on topic with that being said, does Glassman have a re-entry point to this space? I don't think so. Not to this space. Maybe something in the health later on down the road. But yeah, not saying he's going to be, you know, CrossFit vice president or working for CrossFit. But do do we get to a point where people step back and appreciate that we wouldn't be here? I don't want to turn it into that whole thing. But I, I think it, you're you're kind of saying two different things, right? To step back and appreciate is one thing. To think that he steps back in to the space is another thing, right? So I, I don't think any of us if, should, ever should, should not appreciate what got us here. If in three years there's a biography written by him, do you read it? Oh, more than likely. No? Yeah, oh, I yeah, think you so. would. Okay. Yeah. Why not? I, I agree. I mean, I certainly would. I would write it. He'll probably ask me to ghostwrite it. At least do the audio version of it. Definitely not the audio version. <laughs> Guarantee zero listens. Yeah. So, you know, to, to really tie a bow on it and answer Pat's question, CrossFit, you know, obviously was a disruptor and 
it's it, it's going to continue to disrupt, but we're going to do it from a a, a different angle. Yeah. Is that a good way to put it? More strategic, you know, less 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 head on and and more flank. <laughs> like you don't but have with, to. It doesn't have to be a head on fight every single time. So with that being said, Peloton's a disruptor, right? We've we've used that one as a Uber. They didn't have someone, at least that I was aware of, uh, antagonistic. So it's possible to be a disruptor without having that polarizing figure. For sure, but I don't. But they didn't flip uh, the idea of fitness on its head. They just flipped the idea of digital delivery of fitness on its head. They're they're different. Well, yeah, and I think the industry dictates how you disrupt too. It wasn't like Uber had to come in and say that all taxi cabs suck in order to make Uber effective. You just created a product that's effective. Um, so I, I think you know you don't you don't have to tell everybody they're wrong in order to be a disruptor. Yeah, people will figure it out. Can you disrupt enough within a disruptive industry? In other words, can someone? come in in the CrossFit space and disrupt that? Yes, by being more effective. That will always win. So in order to be a true disruptor, you basically have to be a more effective alternative. If you want to stick around. like So I can disrupt things uh, or for a short period of time, like gym launch is one. Disrupted what the way people thought about marketing. Now, not in a good way, but turned some heads, like had a lot of people considering some things, didn't make things go well for a lot of affiliates. But, I mean, nobody's talking about them anymore. They've already shifted to a new a new demographic and new business idea. Yeah, another one that I thought of, I think it was during our call yesterday with Pat, was like Groupon. Certainly a disruptor yeah. at one point in the CrossFit space until people realized, hey, not, you know, and I suppose not all disruptions are good too, right? Like uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, whatever. Like he disrupted the, the planet, right? Well, that and Groupon wasn't effective because the margins weren't there, right? Yeah, so the idea, the idea Groupon, was good. You're saying Groupon as a tool to drive revenue and business to a CrossFit gym. Because Correct. Groupon's still out there right now. So they're they're doing just fine they're a dis like they've disrupted. well they're not doing just fine the the business uh last time i looked at it is like not doing well i mean it's, it's a lot it's alive but like what i'm saying is it disrupted the space about like how you could sell things and then a lot of people tried to use it right. and then realize that like selling it that way is not sustainable because then they change the model again like depending on what the product is right right yeah if it's a widget that's fine like you know what your margin is and what's acceptable if it's a service that's that's way harder yeah, unless it's a numbers game service, right? Yeah. And that's, you, you know. Not a gym, so, yeah. Not not archive kind of gyms. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, you know, we talked about it. I don't know what, what else to say about that topic. We talked about it, but I, I, I agree. I think, um, so last question, do you think, what's it going to take for CrossFit to be the go-to method of fitness? Like, Everyone's just like, do you work out today? And the assumption is you did a CrossFit workout. Proper, me yeah. proper eh. messaging and proper delivery. Like there's got to be, there's got to be a, a low level barrier of entry with the proper messaging. Like the people I, can do in, at their home and then graduate up. That's my personal opinion. I, I don't like, I don't think it's, I don't think the term CrossFit's going to replace working out. No, 
no, no, no. That, and that's you know, and, that's and the way that you phrase that, that, that question I, I guess to me. That's the way like, I interpret it anyways. More like not working out because people always run or bike or swim, et cetera. Right. But more like, hey, I'm going to the gym today. And the assumption is you're going to a CrossFit gym. Or no. a gym where you do CrossFit workouts. No, no. No, you don't no, think it'll think ever so. get there? Because, I mean, Uber did that, right? Like, when was the last time you guys flagged down the taxi? Like, Lyft. you traveled Lyft this is the weekend. other player, though. Yeah, yeah well, but, sure, but, you have... But the truth is, is Uber came in first, and so it's like, hey, I'm going to grab an Uber, even if you're grabbing potentially a Lyft, right? It's like so I think, right? I, I, yeah, you come well, in. Yeah, so Uber is a fit, verb, right? Just like Google is a verb. Right. Like, so I'm going to Uber. Yeah. Fitness was a thing before CrossFit, so CrossFit ain't ever going to be considered that that mistaken for that term. I think it'll that only be happens if you're the first one in that space. But it will be that for functional fitness. We've talked about that, mm. right? Like. It already you is. You see somebody doing pull-ups in the playground, they're doing CrossFit. You see somebody deadlifting and doing burpees, they're doing CrossFit. All right. So good chat, guys. If you, if you want to see more, go over to P.S. Cummings. You can see all 20 of his questions. If you have more feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. But thanks, as always, for listening. Todd, Fern, Ackerman, we are out of time. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, Day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at Day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.